Thank you for tuning in to the latest message from Island Church, Dundalk. It's good to be in church this morning. No better place to be, praise God. Lord, we just love you this morning. Lord, we just thank you. Praise God. Amen. Let's just pray this morning. Lord, we just love you and praise you. And give you all the glory and the praise today, Lord. You are a mighty God, Lord. You're a wonderful Savior, Lord God. We just thank you, Lord God, that, that you are worthy of it all, just as we've been singing and worshiping you, Lord God, that you truly are worthy of it all, Lord God. It's all about you, Lord. It's all about you, Lord Jesus. And we just praise you. Lord God, we just receive from you. Lord God, we ask you by your spirit, Lord God, that you minister to each one here, Lord God, and each one who listens in, Lord God, by Facebook or by podcast, Lord God. Lord, we just love you and just praise you in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen. Amen. Praise God. I'm just going to take a drink. Well, praise God. It is a, it is a, um, a different kind of uh, message to be preaching today. And um, it, it is a different service, it's a difficult service from that point of view. You know, uh, the Bible lets us know when one hurts, we all hurt. And um, when, when one rejoices, we all rejoice. That's just we are. God connects us all together. We're all connected in the body of Christ. Amen. And, um, you know, it's, when someone passes away, you know, it's, it's a weird combination for us as believers because we hurt and rejoice at the same time. You know, we're, 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 there's, there's a sorrow, but the Bible says that we don't sorrow like the world. But there is a sorrow, there is a, there's a, a, a sadness, you know, but, you know, I, I'm just so glad that Jesus came to heal the brokenhearted, amen. You know, he took all of our pain, everything that we ever face in life, he knows it, he knows what it's like to face what we face, he's, He's touched with the feelings of our infirmities, he's not a Jesus that's distanced, he's a Jesus that when... You need him the most, he's there. And he knows how to minister to you in, in, in a time of need. He's an ever-present help in, in time of need. That's the kind of Jesus that we serve. We have a wonderful service, or a wonderful um, God that we serve. Amen? Um, you know, I, I was just thinking, just even coming in and sharing this morning, it's, it, it is, it's one of those things, you know, you, you, to preach the word after, after, after someone you love passing away. But you know what I was thinking about? I was just thinking about, um, I like motorbike racing, and there was a, two great brothers that raced bikes. There's Joey Dunlop and Robert Dunlop. And several years ago, Robert Dunlop was killed in a practice lap for, our, for a practice race, for, for the race that was taking place like over, over, it would have been on Saturday back then, I believe, just one day at that time in the Northwest. But his, his bike seized while he was, you know, going, I don't know what speed he had been going, like them bikes go up to 200 miles an hour, but the bike seized and he, he, he what do you call it, came off and was, and was killed. But you know what? His, his sons, like during the wake, do you know where they were? They were in the garage. And you know what they were doing? They're running bikes. That's what they were doing, tuning bikes. And someone came out and says, "What are you doing?" And it says, "We're tuning up the bikes because we're in the race on Saturday." And they were what? You can't be racing on Saturday. And actual, actual fact, the organizers of the race weren't going to let them race. But you know what they did? They just came anyway and pushed the bikes up onto the lane. And then they say, "What are we going to do?" It says, "You can't stop them now." 
There, were, there was no stopping them. And um, one of the bikes, one, was something happened with it. One of the brothers, there was t- the, the fellow who died, he had two sons. So the two brothers, they came with their bikes, okay, to race. And one of the bikes, something happened with the bike, so he couldn't, he couldn't race. But the other, the other brother, he raced and won the race. He raced for his dad, and when he, when he, he, he crossed the line. <laughs> it's funny when you cry like that, isn't it? <laughs> it's like a wee cry, a wee song. But anyway, when he crossed the line, he hit his knees. And um, he did that. Do you know why? Because bikes was, was in him. I learned this trick a long time ago. Just keep drinking. I always say that's the professional way to do it. But do you know what? He did it because bikes was in him. Do you know what? The move of God's in us. Amen? That's what we live for. We live for the move of God. And there's no better way of, of honoring someone that lived for the move of God than the And to keep going in it. Amen. Amen. Praise God. I tell you, Carl loved the move of God. So she did. And um, I know whenever I whenever I met them years years ago. You know, John and Carl both they were people of faith, mighty people all of their lives, people of faith. And um, when, when I got saved, and then a couple of years later, I came down to, to Dundalk to come to church. I'm telling you, I, I seen people that were on fire for Jesus, really on fire for Jesus. You know, there was a move of God that happened over 30 years ago here in, in the land. You know what, you look, at it, you look at, at Ireland, and back then it was a very religious place. As in, like, we believe in Christianity, you know, we believe in a real relationship with Jesus. You know, we're not knocking other people, but you know what, that's what we believe in. We believe in having a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. We're not serving God because of rules and regulations or any of those kind of things. We serve God out of a living relationship. We have a real Jesus who came and died for us. You know what, we don't have to try to beg or crawl to get to Jesus. We receive him because of what he done for us, not because of what we do for him. We're not trying to get closer to God by crawling on our knees or, you know, all of those kind of things. We come to God out of a personal relationship because it's just what we've done a moment ago that Jesus, he died for us. He shed his blood for us. His body was broken for us. And we didn't have to break our body for him. His body was broken for us. He said, take, take his bread. This is my body that was broken for you. This is my blood that was shed for you for the remission of sins. Only the blood of Jesus can set you free from sin. And so, you know what, um, as I said, several years ago, you know, 30 odd years ago, 30 plus odd years ago, there was a move of God in a, in a land that you would say was a dry land, a thirsty land, needing, needing a move of God. But you know what, out of, the, out of that move of God, there came key strategic people out of that move of God. You know, um, John and Carl being one of them, several others, you know, that um, were um, movers and shakers in, in this island. And know what it came out of? It came out of a move of God. 
That's what it came out of, a move of God. It's so important to have a move of God. Because when God's in it, there's great things that happen. And you know, over the last 30 years of, of, of Carl being a, being a believer and John and several others and, you know, several of us here who came then into that move of God as it progressed. And we're still in the move of God here that's happening in, in, in Ireland. Amen. But you know what? Um, there was, as I said, key people that made a, a huge impact. But you know what? They loved the move of God. They poured into the move of God, poured their lives into the move of God. You know what, and there's no greater way to honor people that poured their lives into the move of God than to keep pouring your life into the move of God. Amen. Do you know what, I'm here today, you know, serving God because of, of what took place years ago. Amen. You know what, and then, you know, I see a fact that, you know, John and Carl, when they got saved and, and came out of, you know, dead religion, when they got saved, the impact that it had on, on, on them as a family, the impact that it had on Donna, um, and, and, you know, Jason, you know, who, who does be here. Um, what do you call it? The impact that that's had. That's affected our lives, but then that's affected our home. That's affected now my kids. Affected Jason ki kids coming up. And what is that? That's a, that's a move of God that affects lives. Praise God for a move of God. You know, Carol loved the move of God, as I say. She loved the Word. But she, she loved teaching. That's what she loved. She loved teaching. She, lo she could sit and listen to someone explain stuff, and she absolutely loved it. If you went up to Carl's house during the day, she'd have her iPad out. She'd be sitting listening to people ministering the Word. That's what she'd be doing, sitting, reading. You know, um, I, I remember one of the last things that I, 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 I done for was her iPad. There was things weren't working on it, and her, her, one of her Bible apps wasn't working, and, and I had to get, it, get that off and get a new app on. You know, and get, get the, the letters were nice and big for reading and all of that. But you know what? She was a woman of the word, a woman of prayer. She, lo she, lo she loved to pray. And I'll tell you what else. Everybody called her Mommy Carl because she loved uh, um, mommy people. She loved people. She's a real mother in the things of God. She wasn't a woman that would have been standing up here. She didn't like being, in, she didn't like being um, up front. She didn't even like being seen. But I tell you, what she did in the move of God was valuable and priceless. And you know what? Only eternity will show all of the things that they did in the background for people and for the move of God in this country. Praise God. I tell you, it's, it's, it's so important to throw your life into the move of God. But you know what? Here's the thing about Carl. <laughs> John got saved first. And... Carl, she was not coming. There's no way. Carl was, I mean, Carl was a very religious woman. I mean, she was, she was religious to the hilt. And um, Carl would have done all of those things. That's what I'm saying now. Carl would have done those things where she'd have prayed and fasted and went without food and, you know, all of these things to try and get closer to God, climb mountains and all of that kind of thing to try and get close to God. And she hung on for a long, long time before she, uh, before she came to Jesus. But I'm telling you, when she came to Jesus, talk about someone being set free from religion. Because she knew all of her crawling and all of those things and starving herself, couldn't get her any closer to God. But the moment she received Jesus, she was right there. Amen? Because only, only Jesus is what counts. And I'm telling you, do you see at the end of it, do you know what matters? Do you know what matters for, for whenever you come close to the end? Do you know all that matters is, is do you know Jesus? 
Is Jesus the Lord and Savior of your life? Did you live for him? That's all, that's all that matters. You know, um, you know my dad is, as well, my dad passed away just, uh, just before Christmas. And, um, you know, it, it's so strange. All, all, any, any earthly possessions that he had, my dad was not a man for earthly possessions or anything like that. He was a family man. But you know what it came down to at the end that really struck me? Is you're going home to pick out clothes for him and that's it. That's all, you, that's all, that's, that's all that's left. It's just the clothes. In actual fact, we, we, we come into this world with nothing. We'll, we'll leave with nothing. Don't even leave with the clothes. But uh, that's all we were doing. You know, picking out clothes and that, and that was it. And you know what all matters at the end of the day is what did you do with Jesus? That's it. Did you walk with him? Was he, was, was he your savior? Did you live for him? Did you make your life count? I'll tell you, Carl's life counted in the move of God. It made a huge difference. And, it's, and I'll tell you something else. It's going to continue to count. Because as, as parents, many times you don't see all of the fulfillment of, of your kids. Because you're depositing, 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 and depositing. But when you leave, let me tell you, you've left something here as a deposit that keeps going. Amen. And that's why, that's why it's, it's, it's so important to, to, to plant into the move of God. Um, so I, I just want to talk for just a, a bit this morning. I want to talk about the move of God. And this was going off in me the last, the last couple of weeks, just talking on the move of God. I actually tried to change what I was going to talk on today. And I'm like, God, I don't want to be preaching on anything like that. I want to, I, I just want to, what I want to talk on, I just wanted to talk on salvation and stuff like that. That's all I wanted to talk on. Um, but I kept coming back to this. And it was like God was ministering to me and just saying, you know what, just as, as, as came out in our conversation yesterday, Pastor Ryan, was, was that this, uh, this, the best way you can honor someone who loved the move of God is to talk about what they, they love. Amen. It just is the move of God. I, be, I believe there's a move of God in this land. Amen. Amen. And just like, just like Carl and John and, and others over 30 years ago came into the move of God and made an absolute difference, I'm telling you, there's, a, there's other families that are going to be brought into the move of God and they're going to start a spiritual heritage for their family because of a move of God. I tell you, when there's a move of God, it changes people's lives. Amen? And, um, you know, it's, it's like what, what we're talking about. Sometimes when you talk along these lines, you're going to talk about the, the, the reign of God today. Um, but when, when you talk along these lines, sometimes, well, not at sometimes, you have to preach it by faith. Because it, it, it can be like you can't see it at the minute, but that's the way it is. You know, like even with Noah, I was thinking about Noah. Noah prepared an ark before the rain came. Now, I know that was a rain of judgment, but like, we're not believing God for the rain, a rain of judgment. We're believing God for the rain of blessing, amen, the rain of a move of God. But still there was preparation there. No rain, but preparing. No rain, but going in that direction. Yeah? Now, I'm not saying there, there, there's a move of God in this land. Like, you look, 30 years ago, there was a handful of people in this land who believed like we believe in the South. There was a handful of people. Everybody kind of knew each other. 
I wasn't there at that time, and as in I wasn't saved. I came along a bit later. But everybody knew each other because there was only a handful of people. But now there's churches everywhere. There's believers everywhere. And I tell you, God's setting this land up for something great. Amen? I'm believing God for a mighty move of God. I tell you what, I'm going to have a move of God in my life anyway. How about that? You see, you can have a move of God in your life. But I'm believing God for a move of God in my life, like countless others in the land, who are believing God for a move of their life that's going to spill out into other people's lives. Amen? And I'll tell you something else. I'm not begging for no move of God. We are the move of God. A lot of people beg for a move of God. A lot of people, even when you talk along these lines, you know, of the rain, and the Bible tells us to pray for the rain, you know, in the time of the latter rain. So you're to ask for it. Ask for the rain in the time of the latter rain. That's like um, as well with um, Elijah, when, that he prayed for it to rain. You know, prayer is important, but prayer is not begging. Prayer is asking and receiving. Sometimes, you know, people even do like prayer meetings for, for um, revival in the land. And you know, you know what they do is they come and here's what they do. They come and they confess all of the sins of the land for the last thousand years. And I can remember um, in Bible school, I can remember uh, uh, Pastor San at the time in Bible school teaching us on these things. And I talked to him about this over the years. And he, say, he said to me, I'd, he says, I'd go to these meetings and it would be for the prayer for revival in the land. And he said, and every meeting you went to, they, they would stand up and say, right, let's, for the next half an hour, whatever it was, let's just all repent for all of the sin of the land, all of the murder, all of the bloodshed. So they'd do that there. I said, come back the next year, the exact same meeting again, or the next month or whatever, back to the same meeting again. Let's just pray for all of the sins, of the land, all of the murder, and that's all they do. And at one meeting, he stood up and he just says, can I ask a question? And they said, yeah. He said, at what point do you believe that all of that's been dealt with? Because every time we come for a, for a prayer meeting, we pray over all of the sins of the land. At what point are we going to believe that we're the move of God, that we have the Holy Ghost in us, and that we're just going to go and do what God has called us to do and manifest the kingdom of God? And you know, when, when you talk about a move of God and asking God for the rain, we're not begging for the Holy Ghost. How many of you know the Holy Ghost already came? Some people sent the Holy Ghost, ran to heavens and come down. He did. He did. Every meeting, ran to heavens and come down. Ran to heavens and come down. Repent over everything that's happened. What about God? You moved in. What about we're new creatures in Christ Jesus? We're hooked up to you. God, what is it you want us to do? What about that? God, we receive from you. God, we, we put a, a, a demand on what you have given us. Lord God, let's go and do what you've called us to do. Instead of begging, children of God don't beg. Sons of God don't beg. Sons of God ask and receive. We're ambassadors. Ambassadors are not begging. Our ambassadors are in a country representing the home country. And we come as ambassadors of the kingdom of God. 
to manifest the kingdom from where we're from. And that's what the apostles did. The apostles didn't go about begging. They didn't go into a place and, and spend weeks on weeks, you know, um, repenting for the sins of that nation. They didn't do that. There's a place of, there's a place of turning your heart to God in repentance. I'm 100% for that. Turn your hearts for God. Um, re re repent, change the way you think about the move of God. Get hooked up to God instead of, instead of looking at yourself like a worm. Look at yourself as I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I'm hooked up to God of the Holy Ghost in me. That kind of repentance will change your life because that's changing the way you think. And God, now you can use me in my family. God, you can use me in my school. God, you can use me in my job. You can use me to talk to people. And, and instead of sitting back confessing all the sins of the land that people have done for, for years and years and years, and, and nothing has happened because people are back there looking back, confessing the sins of the land instead of realizing we're new creatures. Old things have passed away. All things have become new. People have packed stadiums out doing this here thinking that that's going to bring a move of God. No, get in the presence of God and start asking God, God, what, do you, what have you got for my life, God? God, I have the Holy Ghost. Pray in the Holy Ghost and then go and do what God's called you to do. Amen? That won't go down in too many circles too well, but you know what? Praise God. We're not in them circles. Amen? <laughs> so let me just look over here just for one second. In Deuteronomy chapter 11. And again, just on that, let me just say this as well. Do you know the story of the woman with the alabaster box? Do you know, do you know that she had that alabaster box, but she wasn't availing of it? It was sealed. It was a sealed box. You had to break it open. So it was ointment, and that ointment had so much fragrance and and it, it, it would have been beautiful when it was broken up and poured on Jesus. It would have been a beautiful fragrance. But you know, she had the box, but here's the thing, she didn't avail of it. That's like when you receive Jesus and then when you get baptized in the Holy Ghost, you have the Holy Ghost. You don't have to keep asking for the Holy Ghost. Neither do you have to beg for the Holy Ghost to come. He's already here. Jesus sent. Jesus said it's more expedient for me to go. If I go, I'll send you the Holy Ghost. How many know he came on the day of Pentecost and he came in, in that capacity? How many know he's still here? Now, we don't, we're not asking for the Holy Ghost to come, but there is an asking of availing where you ask and receive. Will you start asking God, God, use me in the gifts of the Holy Ghost? Will you start asking God, God, teach me to flow in the gifts? Lord God, teach me, God, it's a positioning of being lined up for what the Holy Ghost came to do to flow through your life to make a difference. That's how you have a move of God. Not begging, availing. If you have people begging, send the Holy Ghost, send the Holy Ghost, send the Holy Ghost, and, and the Holy Ghost is going, I'm here. I'm here. Why don't you, why don't you start lining up with what I came to do? Why don't you start availing? Why don't you position your life? Why don't you get up in the morning or at some time throughout the day or night or whatever, you get the opportunity to pray, uh, get alone. Why don't you get alone and start praying in the Holy Ghost? 
Don't you ask God to use your life? Don't you say, God, you came here to use my life. I'm available. I'm a, I'm a vessel. I'm a vessel. Use me. You'll accomplish more doing that than begging, than coming as a child of God and say, God, I'm an ambassador. I want to represent the kingdom of God. That's what I'm called to, to do. I want to influence people's lives. God, use me to speak to people today. I receive words from you today. I receive words that will speak right into people's lives. Whenever I'm out and about, Lord, that you'll speak, you'll use phrases that'll come out of my mouth that'll be exactly what someone needs today. Lord, that it's people that are hurting today, that when I come across them, Lord God, that words will come out of my, my mouth that bring healing. People that are down today, Lord, words will come out of my mouth that'll lift them up. And you get in the Word and you get yourself full of the Word of God and you get yourself full of the Spirit of God in the sense of you're revealing of the Spirit of God. You're operating in the, in the Spirit of God. And then wherever you go, you'll be a move of God for Jesus. Amen. You know, I, I've worked in factories. I've worked on building sites. I've worked in places where I've sat with people on a factory floor and talked to them about Jesus. Why? Because when you're, wherever you are, you're the move of God there. You're the move of God to those people. Amen? Let me just look here for a second again. The, the alabaster box. You know, it had to be broke open. Then when it was broke open, then the fragrance came, the smell came, it filled the room when Jesus was anointed. It was there the whole time. That lady had that box the whole time, but she wasn't availing of it. The Holy Ghost is here. He's been sent, but we need to avail of the Holy Ghost. That's why when we say send the rain, or you say that, you have to make sure your mind is in the right place where you're not... You're not begging for the rain, but you're receiving the rain of God into your, into your life, into your area, into the move of God. Amen? Because I tell you, it takes rain. And thank God that we have the rain of the Holy Ghost. Look over here for a second, Deuteronomy for a moment, um, chapter 11. And again, the children of Israel, you know, they were in, in Egypt they came into the promised land, praise God for it. But it's, it's saying here about Egypt here, it's letting, it's letting them know here. Let me look in verse 8, I'll just get into this and read it. It says, Therefore shall you keep all the commandments which I, ca or which I commanded you this day, that you be strong, and go in and possess the land, whether you go to possess it, and that you may prolong your days in the land, um, which the Lord your God swore unto your fathers to, to give unto them and to their seed, a land that flows with milk and honey. It was God's desire to bring the children of Israel out of a land of lack into a land of abundance. That was God's desire. So um, in verse um, 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 10, it says, For the land whither you go into possess is not as the land of Egypt from whence you came out, where thou sowest thy seed and waterest it with thy foot as a garden of herbs. But the land whither you go to possess it is a land of hills and valleys and drinketh the water and the rain of heaven. And it says, A land which the Lord thy God careth for, the eyes of the Lord thy God are always upon it from the beginning of the year unto the end of the year. It's letting them know here the children of Israel, they were in Egypt, they're out of Egypt, they're going to possess the promised land. But what God is letting them know, when you were in Egypt, Egypt was a hard place. It was a place of struggle. Um, it, it wasn't a very fruitful place. Um, and they still had to plant seed. How many of you know you have to plant? Now, 
There's many aspects we can look at that, but I just want to look at it today as in the Word, okay? The Word is seed. Mark 4, the sower sows the Word, okay? Um, for you to have a move of God, you have to have seed, but you also have to have the rain, which is the Holy Ghost, okay? As I, I, the last time I was ministering, I was saying that the, um, the Word and the Spirit agree, and you have to have the Word and the Spirit together if you want to have a move of God, Amen? Uh, um, all word, you dry up. All spirit, you blow up. Okay? And many times you have people that have the word and they become mechanical with it and they just become dead. You know, life, they may be quoting scripture, scripture, but there's no life in it. You know why? Because you need the word and the spirit. You need the both together. But in Egypt, Egypt was a dry land. Egypt was a land that didn't have the hills and the valleys and, you know, the rain would come down and water the place. It didn't have that kind of an environment. So they had to have some kind of a contraption here. I don't know what it was. I've read several things about it over the years. But, you know, something where they had to work with their foot. It was a struggle to try and get water for the water of the seed. It was always a struggle. But God says, I'm bringing you into a land that flows with milk and honey. That's provision. And you know why there was provision? Because God sent the rain. And when there's rain on the seed, do you know what you get? You get harvest. Amen? You want to have a harvest, you have to have seed. So the word has to be preached. But there also has to be a move of the Spirit as well. So that's what it's letting us know here. Um, verse um, 13, it says, And it shall come to pass, if you will hearken diligently unto my commandments, which I command you this day, to love the Lord your God, and to serve Him with all your heart, and with all your soul. It says, I will give you the rain of your land in its due season. And then it says here, the, the first rain and the latter rain. And then if you keep reading, you see that there is, there is harvest. Everything flourishes when the rain comes. You know, when there's a move of God, it affects people's lives. It changes your lives. It changes your home. It changes your family. Jesus becomes center of everything. You know, it's all about Jesus at the end of the day. I tell you, a move of God that doesn't put Jesus to the center, there's something missing there. Because Jesus has to be center. Now, what it's saying here is there's a former rain and a latter rain. When you planted the seed, the former rain watered it. And then the latter rain brought in the harvest. So there has to be rain. In other words, just, this is just naturally here as well. God did bring the children of Israel physically into a land that was productive. You know, when, when, when if you keep reading here, it's really basically what it's saying. When the place is well watered, the grass grows. And when the grass grows, and many you know all of the animals and the livestock that eat the grass, they grow as well. They're not like the seven fat cows, you know what I mean? Or um, skinny cows in the famine. They're the fat cows. So when you, when you eat the grass, and because you, you, it's well watered, everything's growing. Do you know what happens? Everything around grows. That's where abundance and prosperity then came in their land. Um, they had, I always say, they had the best beef burgers and steaks in town. Do you know why? Because the, the cattle um, flourished. So they had the best of food. Why? Because of seed and because of rain. It affects everything. Now, this principle, just naturally, you'll find this throughout the Word of God. In Genesis, um, you'll see that God planted the garden, put seed in the garden. But then, and, and before the flood came, there was a mist that would come up and water the ground. And what it would do is it would bring forth a harvest. 
In other words, you can't just have seed. You have to have seed and water. It's a Bible principle. Here's a hard one for us to swallow. Deuteronomy 28. Um, Deuteronomy 28 and, uh, and, and verse 11 and 12. Rain is a blessing. Now, you know, we live in a country where there's a lot of rain. And so we don't like the rain. We want to send it as the, uh, we often used to say, rain, rain, go to Spain, never come back to Ireland again. You know, uh, but you know what? Without rain, there's no harvest. So the Bible says that rain is a blessing. We just wish there was a bit of a thermometer or something or a knob, but we could turn it down or choose our days. You know, we all love to get a sunny day, but the Bible does say of rain. It says, the Lord shall open unto you his good treasure, the heavens to give rain unto the land in the season and to bless all the work of your hands. You know, the more I go on, even in ministry, the more and more I realize I need God. Do you know as a young minister, you think you, you've learned a couple of things, you've read a couple of books, you think you're, you think you're it. So it's like, let me at him, let me at him, let me at him. The older I'm getting, and I'm still young, but the older I'm getting, I'm spending more time praying. Do you know why? Because I know I need God more and more. I, I, I study and study a lot, but I also know it's not enough just to stand up with a bunch of scriptures that you've memorized. You need to have it prayed through. You need to spend time with God. You need to be yielded to God when you minister. Amen? Without the rain, it's not blessed in that sense. It's, not, there's, it's, not, it's stagnant. We need the rain. No rain in Deuteronomy is a curse. You'll find that in, in verse 24 with the rain, because it's, everything's dry, it's like the rain turns into powder before it gets on the seed. So it dries out. Um, no rain equals famine. Here's a, here's a great scripture here. I'll just read this out here in Joel 1. And in verse 17. It's, it says here, Joel 1 verse 17, it says, The seed is rotten under the clods, or under the, under the soil. Garners are laid de desolate. The barns are broken down. The corn is withered. How do the beasts groan? The, the herds of the cattle are perplexed because they have no pastures. Yet the, the, the flocks of the sheep are made desolate. So you can see that knock-on effect that everything's affected. The ground's affected. The cattle are affected. The livestock's affected. Why? Because the seed is in the ground, all right. But it's, it's rotten. Rotten means it's dried up. So th this is letting you know that there are people that come and they plow hard. And they, they put in the effort and put seed in the ground. But without rain on the seed, that seed can't flourish. There has to be rain. Or else it's just all human effort. Amen? Um, and Jeremiah, I'll, just call, I'll, I'll call this scripture out for anyone that wants to look it up. Jeremiah 14 and verses 1 through 6. You know, but it's talking here about people going and trying to get water, and there is no water. It says because, the, and then they can't water anything. It says because the ground is chopped, there, there was no rain in the earth. The plowmen were ashamed, they covered their heads. 
you know what? I don't want to be ashamed as a minister. You know, how many of you in, in what you do in life and business or whatever what you do, you don't want to be ashamed in what you do. You want to be able to, to go after what God's called you to do and there'll be fruit at the end of it. Amen? A, 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 dry, gla, a, a dry land needs rain. Psalm 63 and verse 1, it says, O Lord, thou art my God, early will I seek thee. My soul thirsts for thee. My heart longeth for thee in a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. It's important to have the rain. In Leviticus 26 and verse 4, it says here, Then I will cause, um, or, or then I will give you rain in due season, and the land shall yield her increase. And the trees of the field shall yield their fruit. Notice what happens when rain comes, the land yields. Amen. Now, of course, we're just given a biblical principle there of rain. It's a natural principle. We know that. But here's the thing, as I said earlier, the rain is in the Bible is also typified of the Holy Ghost. You know, the, the, the Holy Ghost is seen through the Scriptures as water. Okay? Many of you know when you receive Jesus, you get a well on the inside of you. Okay? That's your own personal well of salvation. Then when you get baptized in the Holy Ghost, the Bible says, out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. Okay? But then there is the rain where the Holy Ghost falls. Praise God. How many know the Holy Ghost falls like rain. Amen. Praise God. I'll tell you, if you've ever been in a service where the Holy Ghost just fell in that place, or in your prayer life, and you have the Holy Ghost just come upon you, praise God. I'll tell you, last year I was praying one day, and the Holy Ghost fell on me at the door, walking out through the living room, out through the kitchen door. I was walking out with a cup of tea, not even thinking. I had been praying during the day. I made a cup of tea, and I was walking through the door, and the Holy Ghost fell on me. I was stuck to the floor for two hours. It was round about that. Couldn't move. Couldn't move. And I'm telling you, the presence of God just fell without even thinking about it. Just fell, just like that. And I just stood there. And I'll tell you, I just, I just prayed. And after a while, I couldn't even pray. I couldn't even talk. But then, bubbling up from in me, just came the joy of God. Just bubbling up. It was powerful. I, 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 I haven't stopped thinking about it since. Because I'm looking forward to being in services when that just doesn't fall on one person, but that falls on the whole service. Amen. You see, that's the difference. That's what I'm saying. You can, have the, you can have like a river flowing from you. You can have your own personal move of God. But I'm telling you, when, when the Holy Ghost falls in that manner like rain, we're not begging, we're receiving. It doesn't just affect one person. It affects locations. I'm believing for that. Do you know during the, the Welsh revival that in six weeks, everybody knew about Evan Roberts in six weeks. Not because of him. It's not about him. It's about Jesus. 
The whole nation knew about that man. Why? Because a move of God hit, the, in the, it's called the Welsh Revival. 100,000 people plus give their lives to Jesus. That's not a sprinkler. That's not a wee hose. That's the rain. We've seen the rain this last week. I mean, everybody's garden's wet. <laughs> it affects everywhere. You can have a sprinkler for your own life, and I'm telling you, and you should. You should have a, 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 a sprinkler for your life or your garden. You have a move of God in your home. You have a move of God in your life. I'm telling you, you're full of the Word. You're full of the Holy Ghost, and you're enjoying Jesus in your life, and your life becomes effective to minister to others around you. But I believe when God falls like rain, it affects the whole Location. Amen. I'll tell you, my mother-in-law sewed into that and believed for that, her whole Christian walk. And the Bible says there's people who sow. But I'm telling you, there's others that come along and water. God will use them in that aspect, but it's God who gives the increase. Amen. Jesus said to the, the, the disciples when they went down to Samaria, Jesus said, you will reap where others have sown. Amen. There's seed all across this land, north, south, east, and west. People have planted and planted and planted and planted for years. What's needed to bring in the harvest? Rain. Amen. You may know that when it talks about the Holy Ghost, and talks about the latter rain. It talks about it talks about rain being. It talks about it being a person. It's in Hosea six. I'm not going to be too much longer here, but Hosea six and verse one. It says, "Come and let us return unto the Lord, for He hath torn and He will heal us. He hath smitten, He will bind us up." Uh, you know, uh, there's a permissive tax here. I'm not going to get into that, but um. Anyway, after two days he will revive us, and the third day he will raise us up, and we shall live in his sight. Then you shall know if you follow on to know the Lord. His goings forth is prepared as the morning. And look at that. And he shall come unto us as the rain, as the latter and the former rain. Let me tell you, when we, the Bible talks about rain for us, it's talking about the person of the Holy Ghost coming and ministering to people. Praise God for the rain. Amen. That's why um, in Joel, uh, you know, and, and that's the fulfillment of the day of Pentecost. You know, that was the former rain. You know, in Joel, it talks, it talks about the rain coming. It talks about the former and the latter rain. The former and the latter rain in, in, in one month. So there was the former rain in, in, uh, at the beginning of the church age. I believe we're going to see the latter rain, the former and the latter together at the end of the church age. I believe we're going to see a mighty move of God. I, you know, I tell you, there's people going to come to this church from all over this island. There's people coming from the north, the south, and the east, and the west into this, island, into this church. Amen? Into this island. <laughs> island church. There's people from, coming from all over here. There's a move of God in this land. And you know what? I, I've, heard it, I've heard it in uh, Pastor Ryan Kimberly. I've heard it come out of them as they've ministered. Even the last couple of services, uh, I heard Pastor Ryan saying, there's a storm on the way. 
Amen. I thought, amen. Praise the Lord. I'm preaching about it on Sunday. <laughs> there is a storm on the way. There's a move of God in this land. And I tell you, we're part of it. And I encourage you to, uh, to make yourself available. The most precious the most precious things in this world are people. And that's what a move of God does. It brings in people. Amen? See, when Jesus talked about the harvest, what was he talking about? People. He sent the disciples into Samaria. And all they were thinking about was their bellies. And he said to them when he came back, he says, I sent you to reap where others have sown. The fields are white on the harvest. What was he talking about? He was talking about the area. It was ready. It was ripe. Amen? Because it's all about people at the end of the day. Let me just read this verse out and I'll close today. Praise God. Amen. I encourage you to be a person of the Word and the Spirit. Over in, um, let me see here, James. James chapter 5. And it says here in verse um, 7, James 5, verse 7, it says, Be patient, therefore, brethren, unto the coming of the Lord. Behold, the husbandman waits for the precious fruit of the earth. Amen? The precious fruit of the earth. What's the precious fruit of the earth? It's people. I'll tell you, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Think of the love of God. You know, th think, of, think of the love of God that Jesus came. It still blows me away. He came and died for me. He, he sees, that, you know what's precious to him? Our priorities can be all wrong, but no, it's precious for him. What's precious for him is, is souls. He doesn't look down here and say, look at that lovely car. Oh, he sees all of it. He made everything. The kettle and a thousand hills are his. The gold and the silver is his. He can take care of us. He can look after us. When he brought the children of Israel into the land of abundance, he took care of them. Land that flowed with milk and honey. But I'll tell you what's precious to him. What's precious to him is is your neighbors, your friends, your family. I've learned over the years as well, there's some things, there's some things are not worth arguing over. Do you know, my, my dad, my dad gave his life to the Lord when he was young, but he, he got into teaching, learned stuff that, that taught a lot on sovereignty and um, sovereignty to an extreme. And it, he, he lost that assurance 
But you know what? He got saved last year. So he did. Thank God before, he, before he, he passed on. For sure. He knows for sure. Possibly was when he was younger. But he knows for sure that he got, that he got saved. Do you know what? That's all that's important. That was all that's important to me. Amen. I was thinking of something else and I just lost my mind. But anyway, but that's all that was important. But you know what? You know what? All that matters was that um, it was, he's precious. I know it was, keep talking, it comes back. It's a boomerang. (laughs) And back it comes. No, I was saying some things are not worth arguing about. Do you know, do you know what? When I got saved, I was, as I say, I learned a few things. And I thought I knew everything. And um, I, can, I can remember I'd sit and I'd argue with my dad and I'd try and persuade him. I can remember I was studying one Sunday, after, one Sunday afternoon. As, as a youth leader at the time, and it was, the youth were taking a service that night and um, up in Enniskillen, Pastor Joe Corey's church up there. And I was, I was ministering. I was sitting studying the after, afternoon. And I was looking at the scripture, the servant of the Lord must not strive. And um, God spoke to me really clear and told me, stop arguing with your dad. Stop arguing doctrine with him. And you know what? I never talked doctrine with my dad ever since it. I never fought with him, argued with him over doctrine. If anything came up, I just says, dad, we believe different things. And that was the end of it. Do you know why? Because some battles are worth losing to gain the, the greater. And some people fight with people instead of realizing it's not, about winning, it's not about winning the argument. You can know what you believe, but you don't always have to. There's people I don't even I don't speak doctrine with because I know it turns into an argument. I'm not interested in fighting over, over, over God. I know what I believe. I'm sticking with what I believe. But I don't need to fight. I just need to preach what I believe and stand in what I believe. But here, here's the thing. It's, it's better to win the person. And sometimes people go to work and instead of saying, it, they, they don't know what we know. They've never been exposed to what we know. But they're someone that Jesus died for and loves dearly. They'll grow just like we did as they go along. You know, the best thing is to see people as precious. See people as precious that Jesus died for that person. How's about instead of arguing, praying? Praying. God, I, I give it to you. Sometimes, sometimes the greatest act of faith is to say, God, I'm not even talking about it anymore. I'm just giving it to you. In actual fact, I'm just going to pray in the background for them and I'm going to love them. If the subject comes up or the topic comes up or the op- opportunity comes up to talk about the gospel, I'll talk. Once it gets to fighting, back off. And let God be God in people's lives and work in people's lives. Amen. But the point I'm just saying here is, is the precious, the precious fruit of the earth is souls. Amen. But you know what it takes? It takes the rain to bring it in. What's the, what's, what does it take to bring in a harvest? It takes a move of the Holy Ghost. Amen. And I, I believe we're, we're going to see great days. So I, I'm, I'm encouraged. I'm sad today but I'm encouraged. I'm encouraged because the move of God is what what we live for. 
and there's great days ahead. As a church here, there's great days ahead. As a, as a town here, there's great days ahead. As a community, as an island, there's great days ahead. I tell you, the devil played the wrong card in the last year because he has woke up the church. Amen. He didn't realize what he's doing. He's trying to stop the church, but the church is not stopping. I tell you, the church is primed for a move of God because I tell you, I've seen more people turning to God in the last year than I've seen in years. And what is it? Because people know they need God and people are looking to God instead of looking to themselves. Some of them don't have the answers anymore. That's a good place to be because it causes you to stop trusting in your, yourself, your intellect, your round table discussion and all of that, your blueprint on the, on the wall and get back to praying and, and, and getting God to show you, God, what is it that you want done in Ireland? What's your plan for Ireland? And I'll tell you what God's plan for Ireland is, precious harvest for, of souls from this, from this land. And, and I'll tell you, we're going to see a mighty move of God in this land. We are it. We're in the beginning of it. Amen. You know what, I, we, we believe years ago that, you know, that, that this, like say here, this whole place would be blocked off with buses and everything. Why not see that again? Amen? Why not raise the bar and start believing God for God to do something mighty in this land? Amen? God, use me. God, use me to minister to people. I know as a minister, my prayer is now, is now not, not, it's not about me. It's not about anything, God. It's about God. I, I just want to be used by you. God, what is it you have for me? Whatever it is, whatever you want to do with my life, Lord, it's a consecrated prayer of God. I'm yielded to you. I want my life to count for you. And it's not my agenda. It's not my message. It's none of those things. It's about God. How can my life count for the kingdom of God as a representative of the kingdom of heaven. Not what I want to do, but what is it you want done, Lord? Show me, reveal to me your plans, your purposes. Show me what it is you want done in this land, Lord. What is it you want me to do in this land? That's a different prayer. That's a different kind of prayer. That's a prayer of yielding. It's all about you. It's not about me. It's not about my kingdom. It's not about my ministry. Stuff my ministry. I couldn't care about my ministry. I just want to do what he has called me to do. It's about his ministry. It's about Jesus ministering to people. It's about the Holy Ghost ministering to people. It's about people experiencing what I've experienced the last 28 or 7 years. Amen. What Jews have experienced. Praise God. Look, Melton and Paula. I was thinking about Jews this morning. You know, you see Zoe and and Christian here, what an influence because of a move of God. John and all his family sitting, all of us sitting here this morning, every one of us, because of a move of God. That's what I want more than anything, more than anything, more than cars, more than houses, more than money, more than anything. I want to be in a position where I'm hearing from heaven and where my life is effective for Jesus. Amen. That's all that counts at the end of the day. Amen. Praise God for Jesus. Lord, we just love you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord God, for the move of God in this land, Lord. And Lord, I just thank you for the move of God here in Island Church, Lord. I thank you for what you're doing, Lord. Thank you that you're bringing key people here, Lord God strategic people, Lord God. 
But thank you for what you're doing, what you're building. Lord, we look to you, Lord God. Lord, we just thank you. Lord, I just thank you for Pastor Ryan and Kimberly. Lord, I just thank you, Lord God, that the hunger that's in them for the move of God. I thank you, Lord God, that you minister to them. Lord, I thank you that your, your vision is abounding in them, Lord God, and abounding towards them, Lord. Lord, I thank you that their steps are ordered of the Lord and each one here, Lord God. I thank you that you're drawing people here from the north, the south, the east, and the west, Lord God, for the vision that you have. Lord God, we just love you. Lord, we praise you. We give you glory today in Jesus' wonderful name, Lord. Amen. We are so glad you could join us for our latest message. We are located right in the centre of the town and we would love for you to call in and see us. Details are on our website at islandchurchdundalk.ie